Hello. Thanks for hopping on, Andy. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries at all. Now we just got to wait for everybody else. I'll come back in. Ian, I can see that you're talking, but I cannot hear you. You can't hear me. I can hear you, Tegan. Okay, let me figure out what's going on. You don't appear to be muted. I'm not muted. Hmm. I don't know. Brian, can you hear me? Brian, can you hear me? This is Andy. I'm going to say it's something with his audio. It is. Yeah, it must be. I got you now. Oh, you're here. Okay, you can hear us now. Okay, good. Sure. Fault was on my end. <laughs> What's up, Brian? <laughs> oh, we got Brian Kelly. I see it says Christy, but I wasn't sure if she was going to be on tonight. Who is Grandpa? <laughs> hey, it's Jerry. Sorry, I zoom with, I zoom with my grandkids. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I zoom with my grandkids. So I could change that. I think. I've, I've we just, I was just like, is it an applicant or is it one of our people? <laughs> oh boy, boy, boy! Where do I change that? Um, I think you can probably three dots in the. Yeah, three dots, meeting settings. Yeah, the three dots above your name. Alan, we couldn't hear you talk for the rest of that. You just, I could only hear you for a second. But yeah, the three dots, you click on that over your image. Um, and it's got rename on there. Hmm. It's like where you see the video of yourself. Yeah, I'm working on that. The meeting settings, what am I? Well, we we might just go with Grandpa here. It could be could be more <laughs> difficult than it's worth. <laughs> and tonight we have joining us Brian Kelly and Andy Benjamin um, stepping in from Planning Commission to help out tonight. Hi, guys. Hello. I'll be right back. The good, the good news is we have uh, interviews tomorrow. 
However, we couldn't schedule them in time for this meeting, but we have interviews tomorrow for Board of Adjustment and Planning Commission. So we have uh, four applicants to interview. So hopefully by October, we'll have them new members on board. Okay, that'll be great. Oh, and we got Mary. We also have Mary and uh, Grandpa with us tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Don. Yeah, I got you. I had to use my wife's computer tonight, so I have to be Mary. <laughs> That's okay, Jerry's Grandpa. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Jeff was um, going to be returning from out of town and was not going to be back in time for the meeting, he thought. So, okay. Yeah, that's why I've got two um, planning commission members filling in. Alan, um, you don't see your applicants on yet, right? You're muted. I do not. Do you, um, do you expect them on? Uh, yeah, I talked to them today <laughs> We about hope it. so? Okay. Yeah, Sounds I talked good. to them. Okay. Do you have a waiting room deal going? No? Jagan, have we heard from the person that's going to be representing the Campbells? Yep. Yep. They are aware because um, they're the second item. They were going to probably be on about 615. Um, but they are, yep, the representative Brian Adams will be on. I was going to suggest that uh, if we don't hear from the Rogers, we go ahead with the Campbell. Let me... We can't do that if the rep is not. Nope. nope. I can right. shoot him an email and say they can potentially be switched to first if he hops on quick. Do we know who Anthony DeSanti is? I'm not familiar with the name. I wonder if it has to do with the Rogers application. Don't know. Anthony, your uh, 
You are mo muted. You're logging on muted. right now. Oh. Say again. Did you say something, Alan? He said his applicants are logging on right now. Oh, okay. So my applicants are on. It's uh, Corin Condon at the bottom. So um, we're ready to begin whenever y'all are. Okay. We'll call the Route County Board of Adjustment meeting for September 14th, 2020 to order at uh, 6 o'clock p.m. I am Brian Fitzgerald. If the other folks would identify themselves. I'm a member of the Board of Adjustment. I'm Donald Prowant, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, even though my uh, sign says Mary, and uh, I'm a member of the Board of Adjustment. Jerry Albers, member of the Board of Adjustments. Andy Benjamin, Route County Planning Commission, uh, sitting in for the Board of Adjustments. Brian Kelly sitting in board of uh, from planning commission. Who is going to be presenting from staff? Uh, that will be me. Are y'all ready for it? Okay. Um, uh, I believe Brian has a uh, Brian Kelly has a question really quick. Or did, was, did you do that on purpose? Or nope. Continue on, Alan. Sorry. We'll, uh, are, you, are we ready to approve the minutes from the meeting of July 20th and August 10th? Anybody have any questions about them? So moved. Second. <laughs> In favor? Raise Aye. Your Aye. Aye. The minutes from July 20th and August 10th have been approved. Um, who was uh, the second on that? Sorry again? Who was the second? Andy. Andy, got it. We okay, Sarah? Okay. The first item for consideration is the Rogers setback variance. Um, there are several setbacks being requested for existing improvements. Looking for the link. Oh, here it is. Setbacks that are being requested are for a loafing shed, pole barn, and a hay barn. Um, I take note that the staff is recommending the recommending approval for the loafing shed and for the hay barn, but not the pole barn. Uh, would staff would staff like to go ahead with its presentation? Uh, yeah. So 
This is a, it's lot one of mom's dream ranch exemption. It's a 23.04 acre parcel that zoned agriculture forestry. And so the setbacks in the AF zone district are 50 feet. And as Brian said, the request is for setback variances for three existing structures. Uh, the proposed setback for the loafing shed is 6.2 feet, for the pole barn, 13.2 feet, and for the hay barn, 41.5 feet. And so the, the loafing shed and the hay barn were constructed by a previous landowner. They were not constructed by the current landowner and the applicant. Uh, but the pole barn was constructed by the applicant and the current landowner. And so I believe you have all read your staff packet, which provides the petitioner's comments in relation to each one of the criteria and then staff's comments. And um, as Brian said, staff is recommending approval for the hay barn and the loafing shed uh, based on the, the five criteria that are present in the, in the staff packet and the zoning regulations. Um, and staff is, not, is recommending denial on the pole barn. And that is mainly because the it was created by the landowner and um, staff might have rec supported approval for the hay barn if it, I mean, for the, barn. all right, for the pole barn, if it was, if it had been constructed by the previous landowner, but, but that is not the case. And, uh, so the, in the, the first criteria, the peculiar and exceptional practical difficulties or unnecessary and unreasonable hardship, um, that was, the, the applicant stated that the movement of those would, um, the hardship would be a, basically an economic hardship uh, because of the cost to, uh, Remove the remove the structure and and relocate it someplace else. Um, but it's hard to place a financial hardship on a structure that was that was built by the applicant. So staff does not agree with that that rationale in relation to the the pole barn. Um, and then as far as, uh, criteria two, and this is the one that staff does not believe the pole barn is in compliance with. Um, it is, it's the landowner's responsibility to know what the restrictions are on their land and, um, I, it, as evidenced by this case, it's not uh, it's not foolproof to rely on existing structures to to 
space the location of of a future structure and so because of that um, staff does not believe that the pole barn is in compliance with with criteria two uh, criteria three uh, staff agrees with the with the applicant that it's an um, extra extraordinary and exceptional situation because the property is less than the 35 acre minimum that is required in the AF zone district and the fact that they are surrounded on all three sides by public agencies the North Route Fire Department on the south side, the Steamboat Lake State Park on the east side, and then the Forest Service on the north side. Uh, the, the fire department parcel is across 129, is on the south side of 129. And there is, uh, there is a structure on that property, but these structures on the subject property cannot be seen due to the, the heavy vegetation that, that shields it. And then the Forest Service and the State Park, neither of those property owners have any public improvements that are in the vicinity of, of these structures and the property line. And so the fact that it's surrounded on all sides by national forest and the fact that it's less than 35 acres uh, creates that extraordinary and exceptional situation. And then staff agrees with the applicant on criteria number four and number five in relation to all structures. So based on all of that, uh, the findings of fact are presented for denial of the pole barn, but approval of the loafing shed and hay barn. So that's all I've got for now. Um, I'm actually gonna share my screen right now and pull up the, the site plan that was emailed to y'all today. Hopefully y'all have had a chance to look over it. Do y'all see that? Yep. Yeah, okay. I, I have it. Yep. And so just to just to orient you. So here is 129 on the south. Here's the the North Route Fire Station on the south side of 129. And then you pull into the property and it curves around to the east this way. And then here is the hay barn, the pole barn, and the loafing shed and the Residence is on the left-hand side of the driveway, and then it loops around and comes back around to the to the main driveway. And to the northwest of, or to the north northwest of the of all these improvements, there's a a drainage that flows through here with a a pond that has been constructed on the drainage. Ellen, um, I thought a pole barn was either a tilt-up structure or prefab structure. This sounds like it was stick-built, was it? Uh, I'm gonna let the applicant answer that. I'll ask the question when they come on. Okay. Um, 
And then the other thing I was curious about, they said that they had an electrical permit, but not a building permit. Wouldn't a building permit be required for that structure? Uh, if it's sole use agriculture, a building permit is not required. Um, and this is one of the issues that both the building department and planning department sees with not requiring building permits for ag structures is even though they are exempt from building permits, they are not exempt from zoning regulations. So they still have to meet property line setbacks, structure height restrictions, water body setback, floodplains, all of that kind of stuff. But since no permit is required, uh, planning does not have a chance to review the location of the structure for compliance with those items. And so then we're, we end up in unfortunate situations like this. Is it just the pole barn or is no building permit required for the loafing, the loafing shed or the hay barn? If, if the sole use of the structure is for ag purposes, um, and those are specifically defined in the resolution exempting uh, act structures from building permits, then it does not need a building permit. So um, based on the applicant's narrative, all three of these are used solely agriculturally and therefore would not need building permits. However, I would like to say that if there's any heat or electrical or plumbing inside those structures, they do need those permits, but the permit to review the, the, the actual structure is not required. Thank you. Uh, does any other board member have questions of the staff? Uh, I was wondering why are they asking for a variation in the first place? If all these are built, why, why are they coming to us right now? Uh, they, it came to staff's attention during the review of a building permit for the remodel of the existing residence. And during our review of the building permit, we noticed that these three structures were in the setback and we worked with the applicant to be able to sign off on the, the building permit for the remodel while they came through this process. Okay, Alan, what uh, follow-up question to that then? If we deny this pole barn that they've already built, what's that mean for their permit on their house? Uh, so if it gets denied, then we would work with the applicant to come into compliance, which would be to um, remove the structure. And depending on how that plan for compliance and works out, uh, we may be able to sign off on the, well, I'm gonna stop right there. I, since this is a remodel of an existing structure, I do not believe that a certificate of occupancy will be issued because a certificate of occupancy has already been issued for the structure. Um, so I don't know if there is anything else that planning can do in relation to the, the remodeled residents. Are you saying that if uh, we denied the request for variance for the pole barn, 
It would not affect the construction, uh, the construction of the uh, improvements to the residence? I do not believe. Further questions of staff? I've, I've got a question. Who is speaking, please? Uh, Brian, Brian, Kelly. Brian Kelly. Hi, Brian. Hi. Um, just a couple comments. Uh, I was on the City Board of Adjustment for three years, uh, along with City Planning. But one of the things we always looked at was, what does it look like going down the line of the property line? I realize this is a rural area, you know, north of Hans Peak. But if you look at the site plan, you know, that pole barn is actually twice the distance from the property line as the, I think it's the hay structure, is that correct, to the north? The loafing shed. The loafing shed. And then the photo's helpful too. You know, the, uh, Alan included with the packet photos looking at the structures in sequence as you look down the driveway area. But my point being, this pole barn is twice the distance from the property line as the thing we're going to approve. And as I own 35 acres out in the county southwest of Hayden, I'm a professional land surveyor in four states. And I didn't know that that pole barn until tonight had to meet the requirements of a structure in the zoning district of a 50-foot setback. I thought pole barns were exempt from setbacks. That is turning out not to be the case, as I hear the facts of it. So just saying, if somebody like me doesn't know, how would the average person know? You know, grant an electrical permit. Uh, when I lived up north of Steamboat Lake, we had a shed that was, it was about 120 square feet. And we had an electrical permit for it, but not a building permit. It was in the middle of the property. And we, you know, we've got a permit now for a barn on 35 acres, but I honestly did not know that outlying uh, agricultural structures like this were subject to the building setbacks. You know, I, I did the same, I put in a pole barn on my property and, um, but I checked, and this is before I was on the board, but uh, I checked to find out what the requirements were and was told that I had to uh, be consistent with all the setbacks, which kind of caused me some, it caused me about five feet of angst, so it wasn't a big deal. Uh, but, um, you know, you go and you ask the question, uh, but I can certainly understand uh, with the situation here where they already have a couple of uh, buildings uh, right along there. Uh, I can see why, and the position of it from a, a use standpoint is where I'd want it. We and should you, hear from the applicant uh, yeah. and then we can discuss. Yeah points that you're bringing up. What I want to know is whether anyone else has any questions of staff. Hearing none, uh, is there someone on the line that uh, is representing the applicant? Hi, this is Eric Rogers. Can you guys hear me? I'm sorry, you'll have to speak up. Can you hear me at all? Uh, very faintly. 
Okay. Can everybody else hear him? I can hear him reasonably well. Okay. Okay. Let me let me know if you're losing me at all. I'll try and speak loudly. Um, thank you all for taking the time to to hear this tonight. Um, you know this uh, the pole barn along with the other structures, but especially the pole barn has uh, not only economic value to me, but sentimental. Um, we, we built the thing with uh, timber milled on site, you know, spent a, a late summer and fall doing it. Um, Brian, to your question, uh, we didn't want a structure that looked like your average pole barn, but from a, a more technical construction standpoint, it is, we used um, eight by eight timbers stood vertically and all the structure sits on those timbers which um, at least as I've learned is is kind of the definition of a pole barn it sits on um, on posts on piers and then everything else is essentially hanging on that structure um, you know we, we bought this property in 2016 and inherited a lot of challenges with that um, the previous owner um, I think did a lot the way he wanted to, and maybe not the way um, planning or others may have asked him to do if he had if he had vetted all of it. So, you know, I don't. We didn't understand a lot of that. This is our first acreage in Route County. Uh, we live near Mad Creek on a small property for our first few years here. Um, so we inherited a lot of challenges here, and we've we've honestly spent the last few years trying to clean a lot of those up. Um, we've I believe we've done everything in good faith. We've tried to do things, you know, as the rules say we should. Um, we've pulled permits for any work we've done on the property. Um, that hay barn in the upper photo on the screen right now um, had some fairly shoddy electrical in it when we purchased the place. And uh, as we pulled all the stuff that had been left stored in there, um, it had kind of been used as clothing and uh, uh, just an assortment of things, storage, it was full of bats. So as we cleaned all that out, we discovered electrical issues and we pulled an electrical permit to fix that. Um, when we moved forward with the pole barn, I contacted uh, the um, regional, plan, uh, regional building department and asked what needs to be done, you know, what, if the building qualifies as an agricultural structure and if so, what we need to do and while I can't quote the exact conversation, I left that conversation knowing that I needed an electrical permit and that was it. Um, now, I, I would not argue to the death that somebody didn't say um, it has to meet all zoning, but I, that, that didn't click to me as something that was a consideration when it was being built between two other buildings. So we pulled the permit that we understood was necessary. We built the structure you know, in a safe and, uh, and what I believe is an attractive manner for the property and for anybody around the property. And then when we, you know, we decided we needed to remodel the upstairs of the, the primary residence um, for our use, we, we, we got a building permit. And through that process, we found out that all three of these structures did not meet the setbacks. And so I, you know, I spent my spring wondering if I was going to end up with a house with no certificate of occupancy or if I was going to have to tear down a pole barn that I had just built myself, you know, two years before and had not only a lot of money, but a lot of time invested in. And um, to Brian Kelly's point, I mean, I, I, I thought we did everything we could. And 
I understand Alan's comment that, that, you know, it is our responsibility as the landowner to understand zoning and everything else. But, you know, after contacting the building department, pulling the required permits, um, we felt like we had acted in good faith. We certainly were not intending to pull the wool over anybody's eyes or do anything. You know, I never would have invested this much time or money into a structure that, that I didn't think complied with zoning and I had a risk of losing someday. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we sit today. Are there, um, are there any, you know, any clarifications or questions I can answer as far as the structure or the process that we went through? Does anyone have any questions of the applicant? I think everything's clarified for me. It's a, a kind of a unfortunate situation that um, that the that these building permits and the zoning requirements aren't don't kind of go in lockstep to avoid this kind of situation. And to that point, I spent a fair amount of time with Todd Carr on the phone this summer after this issue came up, and Todd, you know, Todd made it very clear to me that this that he believes this doesn't happen anymore, that um, I think Alan alluded to this, but there is now a process that even if we go forward on an agricultural building, that there is, um, whether it's voluntary or required now, there is a review process that planning does, you know, either voluntarily or, or they're required to look at this stuff. Um, and Todd said, you know, they do not allow these situations to happen. Um, he, he said he was already, in his position when I built this and he's surprised that um, that it, that the setbacks were not brought up at that time but he said that you know he's he spent quite a bit of time and effort trying to trying to fix this process so people don't end up in this situation and was for what it's worth fairly sympathetic to my cause I've got a question sure. Brian Kelly yeah Brian what what's the structure? What kind of foundation, or does it have caissons? Is underneath the barn? Uh, pole barn that we're talking about, correct? That is correct. Yes. So we did. Um, we used the same structure that was engineered for the residents. We did uh, twenty four inch, um, four to five foot drilled caissons that I uh, I drilled with a skid steer and an auger. Um, so we've got. You've got a couple dozen caissons. Correct. We've got, I want to say 18 of them, 18 or 20. So there's, I mean, we've, part of the expense here is we've got about 40 yards of concrete. And is that a concrete pad I'm seeing in front of the uh, pole barn? Yep. And so the apron would be in addition to that. Yeah, it was about 36 yards total. Thank you. Any other questions of the petitioner? Okay, we'll, we'll close uh, questions of the petitioner and of the staff. Uh, and let's open it up for discussion among the board members. Um, if you don't mind, I'm gonna tell you something that has always troubled me philosophically. And that is um, any time that we 
look at things uh, from the perspective of the staff. We have to understand that the staff is um, reacting to a concern of uh, applicants uh, bootstrapping in a structure that they build to avoid uh, the setback requirements. Um, I don't see that here, but that is a concern uh, from the point of view of the staff. Um, someone else have any comments that they'd like to make? Uh, Brian Kelly. Uh, and relevant to what was just said, too, uh, one thing I remember from the years on the City Board of Adjustment is there's a fundamental principle that you're not supposed to create your own hardship. Uh, that's fundamental to any uh, setback deal. I think the situation here is I can't detect that anybody did anything wrong, and yet we have a situation here. That's, that's how I sort of read this. Um, so it seems like as a public entity, we need to uh, if, if the building department is the front line of contact with the applicants doing structures like this, we need to make them aware at that point. So they do contact planning and, and then we get the structure where it needs to be. Yeah. And Brian, Thank you. That, that, that is the case now when somebody goes and asks the building department about what, what do I need to know about building on my land? they do refer them over to the planning department, but those that only works if somebody walks in and or picks up the phone and asks the question. There's, I mean, there are people out there that just go and do it and don't even ask the question. So um, yeah, in those situations where somebody does reach out, we do, uh, we do cross train and say, you need to go talk to planning. Uh, but that does not, that, that's not a foolproof solution for every situation, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I'm well aware there's a lot of structures, pole barns, hay barns out there in the county that do not meet setbacks. Um, just well aware of it. Uh, they're... Okay, thank you. I think that I have to oh, um, ask, ask the question uh, if the uh, if someone came to us and asked us uh, for a variance to put that pole barn where it is uh, against those setbacks, um, I don't. And if there was another space that made sense for it, uh, you have to ask the question: Would we would we approve that? That's part of the question here. So I, I anticipated that question and I believe that there are other areas on the, on the property that it could have been built outside of the setback. And that is this area right here. Um, it's flat, it is adjacent to the driveway um, and it, it meets all of the, the, 
requirements for planning to, to be able to construct it there. So um, I do believe that there were other locations on the property outside the setback that this could have been built. Can we discuss that location a little more, Alan? Yeah. So that, if you look at um, the, the area you just circled, if you notice that one topo line takes a jog and then a 90 degree corner, mm -hmm. that was not that way when we bought the property. That contour line followed pretty much along the driveway and there is an old ditch, um, some extension of the Farwell ditch that runs through that area. And we pushed dirt, um, some of that had been filled when they built the original residence, but we pushed dirt and rocks over that to put our sawmill over there. So that's where the sawmill is set that was used to build the pole barn. But that is not, uh, I'm, you know, I'm by no means saying it's an impossible location to put it, but that is, um, it is bad fill soil over a ditch, um, you know, a, a hundred year old ditch. And we, we looked at that site hard and, you know, as we were setting up the mill over there, we dug around and found that, you know, it was, we found construction fill from the house and, you know, we knew what we were pushing on top of it um, by cutting in, cutting into that hill to the south of that site. So knowing that it would have been a very different construction process. Um, that's not to say it, it would have been um, completely impossible from a construction standpoint, but we likely would have been doing drilled piers, you know, similar to what you see over in Willow Creek Pass, where you're talking 10 to 20 foot caissons. Um, the site where the pole barn was built um, was a, I guess I would call it a riding arena that was elevated above the driveway. The previous owner had done a significant amount of um, dirt work and site work to, to turn that into a usable riding arena. So it was already a level pad with, um, with several feet of good soils on it. And as we excavated down, we found, you know, um, bedrock and, uh, and other pretty decent soils as we were putting the, you know, relatively shallow foundation in. So um, I understand your point that, that it, it would be, technically possible to build over there, but it was a, it would have been a much different process for us. And to that point, I mean, we, we had no idea the setback <laughs> was an issue, um, even after getting our electrical permit. So we had no reason to take that risk or spend that amount of money without knowing um, we had an issue where we decided to locate it. Does anyone else have anything to say uh, on this application? Yeah, Andy Benjamin here. Member of the board. Andy Benjamin here. Mm-hmm. So when looking at potential findings of fact, um, one and one, three, four, and five, I feel like can be supported as findings of fact. Number two is the one that I have trouble with because ignorance with all due respect to the client or to the applicant, ignorance of the law is not a justifiable reason for not doing due diligence work. And so I can sympathize with the situation. 
I, I understand that the existing structures being in place, this being built in a similar fashion, creates a similar relationship to the property line with the rest of the structures. I'm just wondering how a finding, finding a fact number two could be included in any type of approval. I just want to uh, jump in for a second. Sounds like we're getting on to round table. I think we need to open it up to public comment in case there is anybody from the public that would like to make comments. Is there anyone that is not representing the applicant or on the board or on staff online? I don't think we've got anybody from the public. Do any of the board members have any additional comments? Not I have one. This is really Kafka-esque. We're being told that there is not a requirement for getting a building permit for the pole barn. So if there wasn't uh, a, uh, an application to do something with the residents, this would never have come to the attention of staff. Hopefully um, there's something in place that will not cause this to occur again. This, this is horrible. Um, I also struggle tremendously with telling someone to tear down a structure when it, it is apparent, at least to me, that the applicant didn't create the hardship. Um, the applicant did whatever the applicant was supposed to do as far as contact with the county. So that leaves us in focusing on the uh, criteria that we must apply if we wish to uh, grant the application. The one that I think some of us are struggling with is circumstances creating the hardship uh, were created subsequently through no fault of the applicant. And taking a look at that, we need to focus on what, what the circumstances are that created the hardship. Uh, one of the things, and I'm not going to say that's a circumstance creating the hardship, is the fact that there's an existing structure and it will be costly to remove it. There are other circumstances regarding the land itself that apply to uh, the pole barn as well as the other two structures for which we are considering whether we should grant a variance. 
was pointed out by Brian Kelly that the pole barn aligns with the other two structures, one on one side, the other on the other side. Um, Brian observed, and I, I know Brian, he did some survey work for us. He observed that it surprises him that um, there was an issue with respect to, um, uh, let me put it better, that the setback requirements applied to this particular structure. I um, am mindful of the concern on the part of the county that uh, people not be allowed to bootstrap into a variance simply by constructing uh, something within the setback. This seems to be a special case to me. Um, I am very inclined to grant the application because the conditions on the land are the same for all three structures. The location of all three structures is the same. The only thing that is different is in ignorance, and I an, was a, an attorney, thank God I'm not anymore. Uh, I understand the conundrum that ignorance of the law is no excuse. This goes beyond that, I think, in this one. Comments from other board members? Just another comment on, this is Brian Kelly, on the structure itself, uh, the frost line, I think, as most of you know around here, is generally about four feet. And the applicant described a situation where the caissons were augered to five feet. So built below the frost line on 24-inch centers, this thing is a pretty substantial structure. Having built a barn recently with a building permit, you know, I have a stem wall, a two-foot stem wall on top of caissons that are to 20 feet because of a water situation in clay but the soil up there is pretty darn good. But this thing's a, a real structure. Um, and and I guess this is maybe more for Andy and us to take back the planning, but kind of looking at this and, and the ag exemption for structures or whatever, um, this thing is pretty close to a real structure, something that's livable, you know, you know I think you know what I'm getting at. Uh, there's a sizable amount of money invested in this thing. And should it be a building permit? I guess that, you know, and that's not for this board, but just something for staff and all of us to consider. Uh, you know, what point do you go from a, like what I would historically call a pole barn to something that, I mean, look at the roof on this thing. Look at the concrete pad out front and, and the, you know, the way the, the doors work and everything. It's, this is a sizable endeavor. Thank you. 
Can I just make two clarifying um, comments, please? Um, to Brian Kelly's comment, um, that is um, that is an issue we are currently dealing with here at the county, Brian. You know, where I'm not saying this applicant in particular, but um, property owners have come to the county and say that they're building a pole barn and using it for true ag. And the intent is to promote ag and um, preserve the, that agricultural heritage here in Route County. And that's why ag structures don't require permits, but they still require setbacks. Um, that is something that us with the building department are actively trying to resolve that issue. So an applicant, even if they submit an electrical permit um, for a pole barn, they still get planning in the picture. Um, so we can take a look at it and say, hey, this still requires, and, and zoning is actually taken a look at. Um, to <clears throat> Brian Fitzgerald's comment about the whole bootstrapping, and I understand your concern, but there is another side to that uh, as to why we can't sign off on, on, or why this actually had to go before you for variances for other structures. Um, the county commissioners have directed us in the past to make sure we're looking at the whole picture of a site. Um, so later on, if we were just looking at this, um, th their alterations for their house in a silo, later on, we're basically acknowledging everything on that property is approved and conforms to zoning regulations. So anytime anybody comes in for a permit, we've been instructed to review everything as a whole and make sure we're not just siloed and making sure everything is, um, is being addressed on that site. We do our best to work with the applicants in every situation to make sure, you know, in this particular situation, if you were to um, deny one of the structures as recommended, that we could still work with the applicants to move forward with a plan for compliance and at least, you know, approve their alterations, recognizing the fact that there are other things that they do need to address. Ultimately though, even though we rec provide a recommendation, as you know, you are the board of adjustment and it's up to you to make those decisions and weigh those equities and the five criteria. So I just wanted to make those points of, you know, why you're seeing this application in its entirety. I'm going to uh, do a couple of things that are a little bit out of the ordinary. For one thing, I'm going to bifurcate uh, the request for variance. Um, I'm going to separate out the pole barn from the hay barn and the loafing shed and I'll entertain a motion for approval of the variance for the loafing shed and hay barn. Point of order. Go ahead. Are you allowed to do that since this was noticed as the way it was noticed? I think I am. Staff? Uh, yeah, we, he can split up the motion to address the two different circumstances. And it's, it's something we've done previously. Okay, and what would, what would, what would the benefit to the applicant or the appellant be by doing that? Why, what is the nature in doing that? Because 
by separating it out, you're allowing for motions of approval that I think the other two structures will gain because they meet the five criteria. But as I stated before, uh, if we are just purely going by the findings of fact, which are gonna be recorded, um, you still have an, a problem with number two. And when I look at number five, actually, it's not in compliance with the standards of um, the zoning because it clearly states that these structures are not allowed in the setback. And so by separating it out, you're actually um, opening it up for the opportunity of denial on the one structure. I, I, like when I, when I hear everybody talking, I think there's, if I was- okay, That was certainly not my intent. Are you going to object to bifurcating them? I'm just bringing it up for discussion. Again, this is my first time on the board. Um, so I'm purely operating from a procedural standpoint. Um, what I'm thinking out loud right now is I believe I hear a majority who would support the application as it stands. Like if you were to take a straw poll right now, I think you would find a majority of the board would go that way. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I can't support the findings of fact two or actually five if we are purely going by what we are supposed to be doing as a board and not interjecting our own opinions into this particular hearing. And so- The idea of taking a straw vote that was the second thing that I was going to do. So yeah. why don't we take a straw vote on the application as a, as a whole uh, with respect to the setback uh, variance being requested on the loafing shed, whole barn and hay barn so that uh, everyone is in sync. Um, my view of a straw vote is that it doesn't create any kind of a binding um, event uh, for the entire board. Anybody have any difficulty with taking a straw vote? No. No. Let's do it. I would vote in favor of granting the variance for all three structures. So would I. I'm, I'm on board with that. So would I. And I would be in opposition just because I don't know how you can support two or five. But as I said before, I felt the board was in that direction anyway, seeing that the application would pass based on the straw poll, I would stand on, on my denial as just a, um, on principle that it doesn't meet two and five. So. I, I don't understand your point with respect to five. Uh, it doesn't, it, it conflicts directly with Route County zoning regulations that it all, even agricultural structures, although they don't require a building permit, they're still, they still have to follow all of the same rules that everyone else does. And the issue I see here is that another applicant who has done the same exact thing who comes in for a building permit to improve their residential unit is going to point to this as precedent and say well you let them do it so why couldn't i you could have another and this doesn't even get into the fact that 
this is truly it's zoned in that fashion as agricultural but i don't think that this this is a residence this is obviously not um agricultural in nature um by use and so um and that's a whole nother discussion that needs to be had at the <laughs> at the county level um because we have a an abundance of structures and buildings and uses in this county where people are skating by on diminished taxes who do not actually conduct agricultural operations, which goes against the intent of the master plan. And so I need to point something out to you, and that is the the Board of Adjustment has the ability to grant a variance with respect to setbacks. And that's what's being asked of us here. Absolutely. But if you state if if we adopted your rationale, we wouldn't be able to grant a variance under any circumstances. Well, no, the rationale is, is that the motion that's going to be made is going to have the findings of fact one through five in them. And I I am personally unable to say that it meets two and five. If the rest of you can make the rationale, then I, I can support your decision. I'm just saying that it does not meet two and five, in my opinion. But that's just me. Andy, is there an opportunity for me to comment at this point? I'm sure the the um, I'm sure you can be recognized by Brian. Brian, could I make a comment regarding number five? My concern is with the comment with respect to precedence, and if I can talk you out of uh, your comment with respect to. Item five, I would feel a whole lot more comfortable given uh, what our brief is, and that is we we are supposed to be able to grant uh, variances from setback requirements. Absolutely, but when you put a finding of fact into place, that's you're actually stating that. So someone anyone just needs to or all of who are supporting need to rationalize in their minds findings of fact that is the again the basis by which we make our decisions our personal feelings i can sympathize with the client or with the the applicant i can agree that it meets the character of it but again it goes against the route county zoning regulations and we are not supposed to plant our own personal feelings on this. We are making decisions based on our, and you're actually reading in these findings of fact. So if anyone can rationalize and, and, and anyone who approves can rationalize two and five, then it doesn't matter what I feel. Like I said, there's obviously already a unanimous, not unanimous, but um, enough support to make this pass. I'm only standing on principle at this fact at this point. Andy, I think there's one clarification on number five that you stated it, it doesn't meet zoning regulations. And I think we all understand that. But as I read number five, the variance of granted will not directly, will not be directly contrary to the intent and purpose of zoning regulation. And that intent and purpose, as I understand it, is essentially to protect the neighbor's use of their property and to preserve the, the agricultural heritage of Route County. And I think it, as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty easy to say that 
this isn't contrary to those intents or purposes, that this does not harm the neighbor's use of the property and that it does not go against the ranching agricultural heritage of Route County. I mean, intent and, and the actual regulations are what create variances. There's a difference between the two at times. Absolutely. You just spoke to number four, which that finding of fact is, I support that one. So you're actually making the point that it goes against the standard. There, it is in direct, there, there are no apparent conflicts. There is an apparent conflict. You just stated that it is an apparent conflict. And that's why Brian was just trying to dissuade you from making an additional comment. You're making the point that it is in conflict. Again, I, I sympathize with you. I think this is a ridiculous situation. Um, it still doesn't change the fact that now somebody else can go and build a pole, uh, on an agricultural piece of land, can go and build a pole, pole barn within the setback. And then let's say three years later, they pull a building permit to expand their house. Upon doing so, it's discovered that the pole barn is in the setback and they're, they're not granted a variance. They can simply appeal this and it can be you know, held up because we've, we're setting precedents and Brian being a lawyer can better, you know, speak to that. Again, I'm just rationalizing it in my mind. I sympathize with your solution, with your situation 100%. Um, the finding of facts is what we are hanging our hat on. I, again, I'm just, <laughs> I, this is my first time. Anyone will tell you when I'm on the planning commission, I'm kind of a pain when it comes to procedure and these types of things. That's why I've been on the board for 10 years. Would anyone like to make a motion for granting all variances or for denying all variances? I move we approve the variances for the loafing shed, the pole barn, and the hay barn on the Rogers residence. Is that Brian? Yes. I've, I've lost my visual and don't know how to get it back. <laughs> Brian, could you uh, repeat the findings of fact that you are relying on to approve that, please? Well, let's go back. Let, let me withdraw the motion. There isn't a second. I think I can do that, right, Andy? Okay. Yes, I yeah. Do. Okay. So back to the discussion of the finding of fact, and and if I recall, could you put Alan? Could you put up one through five? Just put them up on the screen, so we can all look at them. Yeah. I think that would help this discussion that is underway. You don't see that. So is there a reason we can't pull some of the findings of fact from this before we approve it? These are the requirements. These are the yeah. five requirements. Yeah, you have to comply with all five and staff so that we can do our job better in the future. We need to know why, what your rationale for uh, determining compliance with all five of these criteria are so that we can help educate the 
future applicants. Okay, it, it says at the top, and I'm just, I'm not an attorney, but I know we have one here, but it says at the top, finding of facts that may be appropriate if the variance is approved. I'm in agreement with Mr. Benjamin, actually, that uh, number two, and I said that earlier, there's no way the, this application meets number two. It just doesn't. Uh, they created this through their own actions. I don't think there's, that's a, that's a fact. Uh, but there's a whole series, to get to Brian Fitzgerald's comments, there's a whole series of things that happened here that led to it. And yeah, I get the fact that you're supposed, you as the applicant are responsible for all this, and it's disappeared off the screen, Alan. Um, but th there's no way we can approve the, that pole barn based on one, two, five. That, as a statement of, of basic fact, that there's no way two meets it. I think it meets five. I think you, five is fuzzy enough. You can interpret that. But the, the number two, if you read it, it just, you know, through no fault of the applicant. I believe one of the circumstances for number two creating this is the fact that I went through what was communicated to me as the process to get a permit for this structure. The part of the circumstance creating this hardship was the fact that the, the, the permitting process is broken. That I contacted the building department, got the permit I was told I needed and moved forward. Excuse me, I'm going to have to stop you from making further comment. Okay, sorry. Discussion among board members. Okay, sorry about that, Brian. Not to worry. So Brian, um, obviously being very experienced and having this um, also with your professional background, can you walk us through some of the thought on like, like you know, what Brian was just saying too, and maybe you can address five for me. Um, and I was not saying Brian Kelly, I was saying Brian Fitzgerald, the, the chair. I know you were, and I'm sure Brian did as well. What I'd like to do is focus on number two, circumstances creating the hardship. And I'm going to read the second part of the or. Uh, were created subsequently through no, no fault of the applicant. Appellant, sorry. Mm -hmm. Appellant? Well, whatever. Um, I understand why everyone is focusing on the fact that the structure is there now and that that is the circumstance that uh, you think is creating the hardship. There are multiple circumstances that come to bear here. The size and shape of the parcel is something that we consider all the time as a circumstance creating the, the hardship. At one point, we were advised that we should treat applications as though structures were not 
in existence, even if they were there. That's no longer being pressed upon us. But it's still um, it's something that I'm very mindful of. There are circumstances here, in addition to the existence of that particular structure, that apply to all three physical circumstances. And I don't have a difficulty interpreting uh, the hardship circumstances as though the whole barn were not there. And we were being asked de novo to approve a variance for the purposes of the construction of the whole barn. Makes it even more difficult for me to say, <laughs> tear it down. Because I think everyone is in agreement that the, the type of structure is not capable of being moved without tearing it down. Can I ask a question of staff? Sure. Alan, um, is there a circumstance where we would have seen this in planning commission if it was, you know, in a, in a different way and we would have looked at this situation and been able to have um, issued a setback variance at that time? Because if, if, this, if this had come through in front of planning commission and I saw this situation and we didn't have to have the findings of fact that we do for this particular application, I would have no problem supporting it 100%. Like I said, I, I sympathize with the client and I can support um, what they're trying to achieve. Again, for me, the challenge is hanging my hat on some of the findings of fact. And again, I still feel that there's enough support to get this to pass, but it, it, you know, what would the circumstance be that this would have came in front of us in the first place that we would have maybe dealt with this prior to it having to be appealed? Uh, so it wouldn't happen in this case because all of the structures that are there are used by rights and wouldn't require a land use permit from planning commission. Um, but the Board of Adjustment is the only body that can grant variances. Planning Commission cannot. And there have been uh, multiple applications that have come through Planning Commission that also would have required a variance in a condition of approval stating that the Planning Commission's decision is contingent upon obtaining a variance from the Board of Adjustment that's been included in multiple uh, applications that have been presented to planning commission. So, um, so the short answer to your question is no, planning commission can't approve this. Now, Alan, if, if it came through as a replat with reduced setbacks? Um, I- Because we've I'm changed the, setbacks, have, have we not in the past? 
not through not through any type of replat. Most of the replats that we've done are to fix problems where a structure is in the setback or to consolidate or I want to trade this land with that. It, it really doesn't rise to, to that level. The only time that through a subdivision process where we've allowed a reduction in setback is through a subdivision exemption. And that is, you're exempt from the regulations and the board gets to make a finding that it's not within the intent or the spirit of the regulations. And therefore it, the regulations don't apply. So um, yeah, not, not really. Okay. I was just thinking out loud. Thank you. Mm -hmm. is, is there further discussion? Once again, I'll entertain a motion to grant or deny the application for variances to the three structure the loafing shed, the pole barn, and the hay barn. I just want to make one more comment before we get into the motion. According to sure. the Board of Adjustment Handbook and state statute, in order, if there are five members present, the vote has to be four to one in order to be approved. It's not a simple majority. It is four to one. That's correct. I move, Brian, based on... Uh, the three structures to follow the five findings of fact and the three conditions for the loafing shed and, and hay barn that are included in the staff report to use those for approval for all three structures. Second. I'm sorry, who was the second? Brian Kelly. Point of order. Okay in regards to activity or actually I'd like to make a friendly amendment this is in regards to activity PL-20-126 um, the petition is for a setback variance for three existing structures so Jerry I just want to read number two back to you because that's the one that you said you wanted to use for approval Circumstances creating the hardship were created subsequently through no fault of the appellant because the loafing shed, hay barn, and pole barn were constructed by the previous landowner. Do I have that correct? No, no, you do not. All right. So, so they were, that reads correct as far as I'm, so in other words, they were, circumstances creating the hardship were created subsequently through no fault of the appellant appellate because the loafing shed and the hay barn were constructed by the previous landowner and we're putting and this structure was put right next to them and from my perspective it it meets you know it, it is equal to those three structures Brian did you second the motion I did Uh, I apologize. I've lost the visual on everyone, so I can't uh, see hands raised. So 
uh, all in favor of the uh, motion, please signify by saying aye. 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 Nay. Aye. Don Prowant goes aye. Anyone opposed? Andy Benjamin, nay. Aye by saying nay. Nay. And that was? Andy. Andy. The um, votes in favor of approval of the variance uh, are sufficient for approval. The variance is approved. Thanks. Bye, guys. Right on. Thank you. The second uh, variance application that uh, we, that is that is before us is the Campbell setback variance. Whenever you guys are ready, I'll get going. Did you get your screen back, Brian? Um, in a way. Do you want us just to walk you through it quick? Sure, please. Uh, what's on your screen currently? All everybody's names? No, uh, just you, your name, and the visual for you. Um, what I'm missing is... So at the, very, at the very top of your screen, you'll see yep. an icon that says speaker view. Speaker. Top right hand, but you got to put your cursor up there to see it. Yeah, there are there are three dots at the top of my screen. No, at the very top of the whole black, you know, uh, outline part. If you move your cursor up to that top right hand corner, you'll see a uh, a thing that says speaker view. Ryan, do you have your thing full screen? Yes. Okay. Then I, because I can see it if I'm full screen. Yeah. yeah. It's it's right next to where you can um, minimize or um, maximize the screen, and it either says speaker view or you might have something that shows six dots. Minus plus circle. Oh. Read aloud, draw, highlight, erase, other things, oh. which I'm familiar. I'm going to try something else. And then we're going to. Excuse me for a moment. I'm going to take a break. Issues. Yeah. Brian, if you'd like, you could probably just click out of it and click back into the link. Mm. I'll tell you what. Why don't I do that? We'll be right here. Thank you. And I apologize for. Uh, Dor Dory and Mary had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, he's doing that. I'm just going to get my screen ready. Okay. Oh, Christy, I'm disabled on screen sharing. Can you enable my screen sharing, please? Yeah.
No. Tegan? Mm-hmm. Can you kick me out? Let me... What's showing on my screen? You. Your face. Um, I don't know if I can kick you out. Christy, can you okay, kick me out? Let's just proceed with the... Uh... You know what? Let me try making you a co-host. Say again? I'm going to make you a co-host, and that might change your abilities. Okay, so you should be a co-host right now. And if you look at the very top of your screen, what, what, do you, what are you looking at right now? What's uh, taking precedence on my screen is the staff report. And I can't... Oh, so Alan is still sharing his screen with you, which is weird. Nobody else has that, right? No, no. So that's what that's what's going on. Hmm. Well, um, it is, um, I brought the staff report up onto my screen. When I did that, everything else disappeared, and I only have a window that shows. It's just a little tiny box now. Yes. So on the little tiny box, there should be like on the top of it. There's like maybe an X, like a dash, and two little boxes. Try no, clicking. But there's a, an up arrow, a microphone, a camera, and a square with an arrow. Try the square with an arrow. Let's see what that one does. Yep, that should enlarge it. Uh, you know, thank you. Yeah, it works. <laughs> cool. I learned something. Yeah, nope. that, that sometimes perfect. happens when you have um, multiple screens up going back and forth. So that would be in the future um, just a way that you can um, easily go back into the screen. Got it. Practice makes perfect. It's all good. Again, I apologize. Okay. All good. Are you guys ready? Um, we're done playing with me. <laughs> Consider the Campbell setback variants. Okay. Um, so can everybody see my screen on their screen? Is the site plan? Yep. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Um, so the application that, um, you guys are now going to be considering is for the Campbell family. They live in the country green subdivision, um, just outside of the city of Steamboat Springs. So the two requests before you are going to be, um, for a retroactive variance for the location of the home um, that was built in 1990 and then additionally for a second story addition that's going to be built over the garage portion of the existing home. So just a little bit of background knowledge on this property. It was granted a variance in 1990 to be built um, within that south setback um, but what was recently discovered by the current owners which were not the original owners um, is that when they were preparing for this second story addition project that the house was actually constructed closer to the property line than was approved in the variance 
1990. So in your staff packet, I've included um, both the minutes from that 1990 BOA hearing, as well as the approval letter. Um, so overall, this is a relatively small site. It's owned Mountain Residential Estates, which typically has a minimum lot size of five acres. Um, this parcel is just under 1.8 acres in area and has kind of a um, interesting triangular shape to it that limits that building area. Um, additionally, it's got some topography that it's got um, that's challenging. So on that north side of the parcel is a pretty steep drop off and the majority of that flat nice area is on the south side of the parcel, which is kind of the front lawn. Um, in 1990, when this was considered um, during the Board of Adjustments hearing, there was a regulation in Route County with a maximum structure height of 25 feet. So they also had um, an approval for a slightly taller structure, um, but just my interpretation going on the site visit, I can imagine that they were trying to keep the height down and push it as far onto that flat portion as possible because when you've got a steeper grade, you're trying to build a house across it, you're you know, creating a taller structure. So um, staff are recommending approval for both of um, the requests for the retroactive approval. That is because we find that there is some pretty significant topography that they were dealing with as well as a small, oddly shaped site. Um, and then the second story addition is not increasing the level of nonconformity. So it's not bringing the structure any closer to the property line. Um, it's simply a second story addition. It also does not increase the overall height of the building. So what you can see on this photo is the garage and the roof line will match the existing um, portion of the house. So what their request is to be or have a um, setback of 28 feet from that south property line. Do you guys have any questions? So if I'm correct, Tegan, um, there's no change in the current footprint of what they're doing? Precisely. Okay. Does anyone else have questions of staff? I can just um, scroll through a few pictures too. If you guys are interested, you might've already seen these. This is a picture of just kind of looking down into that backyard. It's a, it, this picture doesn't do it justice, but essentially anything behind that, you know, fence um, next to the garage is pretty much just a drop off a set of steep stairs that goes down. This is their front lawn area. So this is really the majority of their flat area on their property, which is all essentially within that self setback. So that's that front yard again in the Country Green Road. You can see just off to the bottom right. And then got some angles from the other side of the property. So this is that it's a triangular shaped lot. So this is kind of a picture from the point on the triangle towards the back of the house. And then this is a picture just from the north side of Country Green Road. Thanks, Tegan. Uh -huh. Does anyone have any questions of the staff? I do not. Okay. I'd like to hear from the applicant.
Hi, I'm Brian Adams. I'm, uh, I'm Apex Architect here in town. I'm representing the Campbells tonight. Uh, I don't have a lot to add. I think Tegan covered everything really well. Um, the only thing I might add from just what she said tonight would be that the portion that's actually uh, built to nonconformity is, is really a very small portion of the structure. It's not like they moved it up and built half or three quarters of the building in is actually just that kind of prow shape of that front uh, living room wall. Um, so that'd be kind of the only thing I would add there is, is that really as we're reducing it to technically down to 28 feet, a majority of the building actually fits within their 40 foot setback that they were already granted. Just added info there. Um, and then also that as you look at the site plan, the portion over the garage that we're, we're hoping to add on to um, not only doesn't increase the footprint as you already asked, but also doesn't encroach into the existing granted setback itself. It's just that little prow that we're not really affecting or anything. And that's about all I have, but I'm here for questions. Does anyone have any questions of Brian? I'm good. Okay, we'll close. Um, portion of the hearing other than discussion among uh, the board members. People have uh, comments? Any of the board members? I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, there's not a lot of discussion to be had. And the Broncos are playing right now. I'll entertain a motion to uh, approve or deny the variance. Point of order. Sure. Public comment. To my knowledge, there's no one on from the public. Anthony DeSanti. That's one of the handy things about Zoom. You can see who's a participant and who isn't. Agreed. Procedurally, we still have to ask the question, I believe. Okay. If Are there any comments from the public? That is someone that is not staff, a board member, or uh, representing the applicant? Hearing none, I'll entertain a motion to either approve or deny the request for a variance. In the activity PL-20-158, um, a request to construct a second story addition to an existing structure located in the setback, I would recommend approval with findings of fact one through five as written and conditions one through seven as written. I'll second that. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Hearing no opposition, the uh, variance is approved unanimously. Are you guys going to do a motion for the existing structure also? Just the location of the existing structure? I apologize. Was that split into two? Yeah. 
Okay, I'm trying to find. Was that not approved previously? No, because it um, what had been approved was 40 feet um, from the property line, but in fact, when it was actually constructed, it. it was yeah, it's constructed it. closer. So this is retroactively approving it. So Andy, it's on page four of the staff report. The very bottom of page four is the um, location of existing structure motion. Andy, would you uh, amend your motion to include the existing structure? Uh, if that's allowed. I think, I think those have to be two separate motions. They're not different um, activities though, Sarah. Is that is that standard? That's standard for BOA that we will split Total, them into multiple requests. It's totally standard of one to bring the existing structures into conformance and another for the new addition. Okay, so I will do a second motion with regard to activity PL-20-158 um, to bring the existing structure into conformance with, so I'm looking for the findings of fact, the findings of fact one through five as written. And there's, and there's no conditions. No conditions. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, nay. Knowing no opposition, the application for variance is approved. Is there anything further from the staff? Yep, I'll make this quick. Um, I, we have one more meeting scheduled for October, October 12th. We have one item scheduled. And as I mentioned before, we have interviews tomorrow and the following week for new BOA members and Planning Commission members. Um, so we anticipate we'll have them on board and have a full board moving forward. So uh, that's pretty exciting. So um, I, yep, and then we'll keep you posted on the next meeting, um, get you all your application materials and uh, let you know who we'll bringing on before um, you all meet on Zoom for October 12th. Uh, thank you, Andy and Brian, for sitting in. Yes, appreciate it. I'll take a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Thank Is you very much. opposed? <laughs> Good night, everyone. Stay Good well. Night. Thank you, everybody. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, Night. everyone. Thank you.